0: Georgia's DBHDD has an urgent health warning. One of every 10 counterfeit pills contain fentanyl, a powerful and very deadly drug. Pills from friends or dealers are unsafe, and one pill can cause an overdose. More info at opioidresponse.info. From Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is On Second Thought. I'm Virginia Prescott. The song you're hearing is called Essentially. It debuted just a week ago from Japanese Breakfast. That's the name of Philadelphia-based musician Michelle Zahner's solo project. And while she'll be hitting the stage at Shaky Knees this weekend to showcase her dreamy indie pop, that music is just one part of her pretty dazzling creative output. And Michelle Zonner is joining us now from Philly. Welcome. Hello, how are you? Very well. Very happy to talk with you. I knew a little bit about you from the indie punk band, I'd call it, Little Big League. Now, this was before you embarked on Japanese Breakfast, your solo project. I understand you started by recording cassettes every day for a month.
1: That's correct, yeah. For Japanese Breakfast, the beginnings were uh, in June of 2013. I wrote and recorded a song every day. So there's a cassette called June that
0: has like 30
1: lo-fi tracks.
0: So what were you doing in those songs that you couldn't or weren't doing with the band?
1: I think that it was just a project about immediate gratification and first thought, best thought. Mm. Um, And I was actually most surprised at the end of the project how much of it I really liked and how much of it turned into kind of this raw source material or demos for songs um, that I re-recorded later on with much better production and arrangements. But I think that when you approach songs sort of unapologetically, that's a really forgiving process, and it helps you have more creative output than kind of getting in your head and stuck. Uh, For me, art is sort of an archive of the time. Obviously, I have a vision and try to get as close to it as possible. But I think that there's something to be said for work that doesn't get all the way there. And who's to say what is better hmm.
0: you did get into the studio however and, and, and polish up and fill out that sound in 2016 the album is called Psychopomp this was written after your mother died from cancer here's the chorus from a song on that album it's called In Heaven First of all, your your mother was Korean. Your father is American. You also lost your aunt to cancer like your mother. I'm so sorry, first of all. H- how old was your mother?
1: My mother was 56.
0: Oh, so young.
1: You know, I think that for me, that song in heaven was um, about being in this sort of divided place where the older generation uh, is still a lot more religious than a lot of my peers and a lot of people would tell me, you know, she's in a better place and she's in heaven. And that's just not really something that resonates with me or that I've ever believed in. And on the flip side, my generation is, you know, more rooted in progress and science. And those are things that aren't particularly comforting to turn to either. So for me, my grief was a very unique experience. And I had to kind of construct what you know, helped me spiritually um, that wasn't really grounded in things that I think existed.
0: So you're exploring pain and grief artistically. And I should add, this is not a morose album. There's a lot of different mood in there. So what was that process like for you?
1: I think that that is something that Japanese Breakfast has kind of made um, into its own sound. Um, I personally think that, you know, composition and arrangement and production are very different stages of music. So if you compose a song that's rather sad or has really dark lyrical content, and maybe it starts out as a slower, darker sounding song, um, by the time that goes through arrangements and you know you add different types of instrumentation and then it goes through production it has all the potential to turn into something that sounds uplifting mm-hmm. um, and I think that that's something that's really beautiful I personally really love pop music I love bands like Motown bands and you know I love Fleetwood Mac and and for me those are you know a lot of those songs are these like really upbeat catchy numbers that have kind of these darker sentiments and I like that duality of having music that sounds really happy and accessible and upbeat and then when you revisit it you realize that it has this sort of darker seriousness and the lyrical content and it's like ex- discovering another song mm-hmm. so I think that's always what I've been drawn to personally in my own work
0: What is it like uh, you know to tour and perform those songs over and over again knowing where you were when you wrote it and, and where you are now
1: I think that there are days when it's harder and there's days where, you know, I do it so often that you really kind of enter into this different mental place. You know, there's so much going on and, you know, the songs are really fun to play as a musician and, you know, there's drums and synths and there's just so much going on that it's hard to not, it's hard to be so connected to every single word in the sense of like, you know, wow, this is a song about my, my mother passing away in a really dark period in my life. Of course, there are lines in the songs or moments in, in the songs where I have that kind of moment. But, you know, it, it, there, there is a kind of duality of being a performer and, and entering into this different mental space. I think that makes it a bit easier.
0: I'm speaking with Michelle Zahner. She performs and records as Japanese Breakfast, and she is going to be one of the bands performing at Shaky Knees this weekend. Last autumn, The New Yorker published an essay of yours. It's called Crying in H-Mart. First of all, what is H-Mart?
1: H Mart is a Korean grocery store and they have a lot of Asian groceries. It's a grocery, it's a supermarket chain uh, that specializes in Korean and and other Asian groceries. But yeah, I mean, Atlanta, I don't even know if Atlanta has an H Mart because they have like such a great, um, they have so many great farmers markets there. Yes, uh, and we have a huge Asian American community. Yeah.
0: I don't even know if you need that chain. <laughs> we do indeed have an H-Mart. <laughs>
1: uh, great. Yeah, I mean, Just... I, I had such a wonderful time going to, what is it, the... the, the...
0: Buford Highway? The
1: Buford Highway, yeah. Mm-hmm. Every time I go to Atlanta, I go there.
0: But this is a place where you go and, and experience grief in a way that you maybe haven't been able to reach in other parts of your life. Here's a little excerpt. I wonder how many people at H-Mart miss their families, how many are thinking of them as they bring their trays back from the different stalls, whether they're eating to feel connected, to celebrate these people through food, which ones weren't able to fly back home this year or for the past 10 years, which ones are like me, missing the people who are gone from their lives forever. That's a gut punch.
1: (laughs) I can only I hear someone else read it out loud, actually. Well, I was thinking, should she read it? Oh, no, I think it, that's it's much nicer when you read it.
0: <laughs> well, this is from a full memoir that you're working on, which is going to be released by Knopf. Connecting to your culture, to your mother, is Reckoning, Grief, and Memory different for you in music and in writing?
1: Absolutely, yeah, it's very different. I would say that it's much harder uh, in nonfiction prose than it is in music because— You know, like I was saying, music has this sort of duality and you Mm -hmm. can explore different sounds that, you know, bring a different feeling or bring something uplifting to uh, something very painful with writing prose. You know, it's just you and a computer. It's kind of like trudging through the language. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been very challenging, but also a very fulfilling process both Psychopomp and Soft Sounds from Another Planet which was our sophomore release deal pretty heavily with grief. I mean it was my intention to write about something else for my sophomore release but you know when you're I'm an only child, I was very close to my mother, those those albums came out one year after another. It was it felt like it would be a lie if I didn't continue writing about grief. Mm. And I think now that we're thinking about you know, now that I'm thinking about writing a third album, I really would like to move on from that topic and explore different parts of my life and different parts of human existence in general. Um, But I think that writing this book um, is a real closing of that chapter, you know, even though I wrote two albums about grief, I think, in order to really go into so you know, it was caretaking and cancer and chemotherapy and you know, all of that. I feel like there's so much more of a story to tell. And that's why I think that I really have to write this book before moving on to a third album. So uh, I think that was a big part of it.
0: Well, I can't resist playing something from Soft Sounds from Another Planet. This is Diving Woman. references female divers on an island in South Korea. What is it about them that inspired you?
1: So I went, um, I revisited uh, South Korea in, I believe, 2014, shortly after my mother passed away. Um, As just a part of a healing trip, I guess. I, I visited Seoul, and I visited Busan, and I learned about these divers in Jeju. And I think at the time, I just was really gearing up to um, adapt to a life of regimen. And um, that was what I sort of felt comfortable in. I kind of became a really intense workaholic. I've done, a, I've just poured myself into my artistic works. And I think that it's really helped me manage my grief. And I kind of looked at these divers and felt really inspired, you know, at the idea of just doing the same thing every day and having a really, you know, visceral craft that you, um, you know, just like holding your breath for long periods of time and the physicality of that. And I just really romanticized the profession. And, you know, I was finding ways to to get closer to my culture and my heritage and and becoming more interested in these types of histories. So I think that's where that inspiration came from.
0: That also comes up, your your homage, I guess, to your heritage, right? You directed the music video for the song Everybody Wants to Love You.
1: Yeah, I co-directed it with my DP, Adam Kolodny, for that one. And I'm wearing
0: um, my mother's traditional... Humbuk, which is a the traditional Korean dress. So, and but you're drinking and dancing and riding a motorcycle. What's yeah, it? I
1: think I was kind of poking fun at the image of you know the stereotypical docile Asian woman and just the sort of like stereotypes and expectations that are put on me as an Asian American indie rock musician and what my life actually contains.
0: And there's more. You also work in video games. Somebody did ask me, like, how does she do all this?
1: I think that it seems like my projects are rather scattered, but at their core, they're very similar. I think that they're all rooted in narrative and human experience in some way. And I think that at my core, I'm a writer. I'm a writer of songs and of, you know, visual projects. And I grew up playing video games since I was five. Um, And so, yeah, the label reached out to me about working with this woman, Elaine Fath, um, to, to make a little video game. And so that was a fun little project that actually um, wound up getting me involved with uh, this group called Shedworks, who are making an indie game called Sable, which I'm also soundtracking, mm-hmm. uh, that should hopefully come out next
0: year. Well, the game that you created is called Japanese Break Quest, <laughs> in addition yeah. to working on Sable. So where do you go from here? Like a major major motion picture? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm just trying to finish the projects I signed up for <laughs> before before even thinking about any new ones. But right now it's just soundtracking sable, working on my memoir, Crying in H Mart, and, and hopefully recording a third LP in the fall. So I've got my hands full for quite a bit.
0: Well, I'm really glad you have time for Shaky Knees in that case.
1: We are so excited to, to play Shaky Knees. I've heard nothing but excellent
0: reviews. Oh, really? And festival. anybody in particular you're excited to see?
1: Deer Hunter, um, I love Tan and Paula, Beck, um, Maggie Rogers, Liz Fair. Uh, very excited for, for all those bands. I also have a soft spot for the Dandy Warhols because I'm from Oregon originally. So I'm, I'm excited to see to see them again. I saw them when I was
0: young. Michelle Zahner, thank you so much for speaking with us. Thank you for having me. Michelle Zahner. She is the woman behind Japanese Breakfast and hitting the stage this weekend on day two of the Shaky Knees Music Festival. That's on Saturday, May 4th. And we're going to leave you with another song from Japanese Breakfast. It's called Everybody Wants to Love You. Stay with us for an Atlanta nonprofit that helps folks in food service when they're in crisis. I'm Virginia Prescott. This is On Second Thought.